right, let's get away from the films for a moment. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about you. I have heard and read in various occasions that uh, you're quite an athlete and quite a tennis player, one of your, your favorite hobbies. Neither is true. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am in something like athletic condition because my profession demands it. Yes. Uh, athletic condition is as important to an actor as it is to a ballet dancer or a football player. Uh, but I'm not by any means a gifted athlete. Uh, the things I can do physically, I learned uh, uh, very painstakingly. I've ridden all my life. I yes. can ride and I can fence. Uh, those are skills demanded by my profession. Uh, I am a, an earnest club player, and uh, I would uh, describe myself as enthusiastic rather than good. Let's talk a little bit about number one when you played the part of the, of the quarterback. Uh, a difficult role for you, hard to adapt, or did you enjoy it as much as you seem to on the screen? It was a fascinating part. That was one of those pictures that in the rather awkward phrase of the trade, uh, I caused to be made. Um, I had the idea and persuaded the United Artists to fund it and uh, produce it. Um, it was a very difficult physical preparation for me because although I'd played a little very inept football in high school, from which my main profit was a broken nose, which really improved my nose, so that helped a lot. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, I uh, had never been a quarterback, yeah. and so even to look, to move like a professional quarterback required, in my case, a five-month preparation. But uh, I found it a fascinating uh, picture to work on. I found uh, working with the professional football players a uh, very rewarding kind of contact. They're remarkable. Well, you see, the reason I raise that point, Mr. Heston, is because that uh, right now our British Columbia Lions uh, are having a difficult time and when everybody heard you well everybody heard you were coming to town and they thought do you think they're bringing him in to try out for the number one position i fall back very very cautiously into the pocket but if they can control the pocket <laughs> probably one of the most gratifying experiences that any parent can have is to have a close connection with family number one but also with your kids and to have your children involved in doing a lot of the stuff that you do i think regardless of whether you don't want them involved in the business or whatever when they are you feel pretty good about it well a rich part of um, being a parent of course is to be able to share vicariously in uh, your children's work your sons and daughters work but to do the work with them you can't do better than that now for an actor that can be uh, a bit difficult because uh, if your son becomes an actor then you think my god he's competing <laughs> with me he's gonna get jobs but uh, my son became a writer after all beginning as an actor yeah. uh, as the infant moses and in the floating down the nile in a basket in the ten commandments preacher was that you yes you absolutely. didn't say a word i could three months old he was very really? good brilliant performance brilliant performance <laughs> absolutely but uh, now he's uh, he quickly realized the shortcomings of an acting career and uh, became a writer. And, uh, and so now, what do I get? I get good parts. <laughs> <laughs> You've wrote the script for this, this latest movie that your father is starring in, and I want to find out how the concept came about and how difficult it was for you to put it together. The Mountain Men was originally a novel idea that I had written an outline for, and right. the producer, Marty Schaefer, read the outline uh, by chance and said, you know, this would make a hell of a good script. Why don't you write it up? Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see if we can't put it on. And I said, well, 
Okay, and I think I know somebody who could be a good lead in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote it with my dad in mind, but didn't show it to him or anything. Did you get 15% of everything you made? <laughs> uh, anyway, I, uh, I wrote it up and uh, gave a copy to my dad and gave a copy to Marty and went away for about a month and let them read it and I came back and I had two important pieces of news. One, uh, my dad said he wanted to do it and two, Marty had already taken it over to Columbia and sold it. So we had a go project. Well now, I've heard that you had some problems by the time it got into the cutting room and, and you wanted a little bit more license as to how it was put together and some of the stuff was taken up that you wanted left in. Maybe you can fill us in on that. Well, uh, there is always uh, a certain conflict in the cutting. Um, the shooting of necessity has to be a more harmonious collaboration because uh, filmmaking is, uh, is creation by... Uh, is group creation and the only successful group creation we can always count on is making a baby and that's only two people if it's more than that it's tough and a movie depends on the successful collaboration uh, the harmonious collaboration of the actors the director the writer the cameraman the art director the uh, the weather all kinds of things and you've got to make it work uh, in some kind of a you've, you've got to somehow arrive at a joint view but the cutting by then uh, there are fewer people people involved and uh, the studio uh, in this case the executive producer Marty Ransohoff uh, had a, uh, who had not been involved in the shooting uh, had a very different idea of the picture and finally a film is a property uh, physical property that belongs to the people who put the money up. Right. This is right. inevitably and finally true of every movie, every yeah. movie. And uh, those are the battles you can lose, and those are the ones that hurt. Uh, the picture, the script Fraser wrote, uh, the picture we largely shot, uh, while the same story, of course, uh, had darker colors uh, than the... Uh, a picture that's on the screen. Uh, Mountain Men works for audiences. It's a right. rollicking, kind of rambunctious body um, tale. Uh, Did you have fun doing it? Uh, it's a curious thing. That is a word that often comes up. Making a picture is too hard to, oh, be, to call it fun. You're working 10, sometimes 12-hour days, uh, in, in this case, bitterly hostile environments, snow, mm -hmm. white water, mm -hmm. uh, heat. Uh, it's it's very tough. No, I just, I I just take back the word. It, was uh, was it a, any type of an enjoyable experience at the accomplishment of finishing yes, it? Yes, it was. Right. It was very satisfying yes. to work on. Very satisfying for me. Uh, the pleasure of doing a part uh, different uh, from most of those I do, a part with some uh, some humor in it, uh, and of course beyond that, the deep and lasting pleasure of working with Fraser. Do you feel happy with what happened in the picture? I'm happy about one part of it and unhappy about another part of it. I'm unhappy that uh, the picture did not turn out, in my opinion, as well as I think it could have. I think we could have done better. I think I could have done better as a writer. I think the editing could have been done a different way along the lines that my father already outlined for you. I think uh, it could have been a more serious comment on the nature of, of the mountain men, on, on the freedom that they were striving to uh, Where did you live shoot? under. Up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I am immensely happy, one, that I got my first picture made, and oh, that's, that's a tremendous accomplishment for me. 
and two that I got a letter just today as a matter of fact from somebody I just met on the street and he said well I'll go see your movie and I said yeah sure and he wrote me a letter and he said you know I loved it and everybody cheered at the end and that's the greatest compliment a writer can ever get. You're working on something else now called uh, Mother Load. Yes. Tell us about that. That's a, a modern day story, a thriller, and uh, it's a little bit different. My dad's going to be in that as well, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a very. You got to be cut in him. somewhere along the line. He's fifteen percent's coming across. The <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I got to give him a break now and then. You know, he's getting on. Casting agencies, and you're working him all the time. <laughs> you bet. Well, now he works for me. It's only fair. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be made right here in Vancouver. Vancouver and in the Lower Mainland. We'll start in January. It's uh, will be a Canadian production uh, produced by a guy named Danny Fine from Toronto. He's a very fine man, good producer. So we're very excited about that, and that's a new direction for me. That's a Hitchcockian thriller kind of story. But I know you don't want to give too much away at this particular point no, in I case somebody else snaps <laughs> up the idea. That brings me to a point before we close off the discussion. I was down in Los Angeles uh, in May of this year and had some contacts, or what I thought were contacts at 20th Century Fox, couldn't even get near the grounds based on the fact that they were shooting a couple of pictures, things were all closed off, and the secrecy that is involved in a lot of motion picture making today seems to be phenomenal. It's almost, uh, almost major secrets of, of the CIA. That's uh, curious. I've known a few directors who by and large kept closed sets, or if they were doing very intimate, uh, extremely difficult scenes, might, might close a set for a day or so. But a permanent attitude throughout a whole studio of a clo uh, closing a lot is something I've never heard of. I have no explanation. Well, a lot wasn't closed, but let's put it this way. It was closed to me to get to where I wanted to go. That was, that was part of it. And maybe they were saying, Terry who? That was probably what it amounted to. Of all of the roles that you have done in the 55 or so motion pictures that you have performed in, does one stand out more than anything else? Certainly, you remember different parts for different things. Uh, a picture that wins a lot of awards or gets a lot of good notices uh, pleases you. A picture that makes a lot of money pleases you mm -hmm. for other reasons. A picture that offers particularly difficult challenges, either because, say, it's Shakespeare, or because the part is a long reach for you, say, Richelieu for me. Mm -hmm. uh, those are pictures you remember, um, whether they turned out successfully or not, just as, as acting problems, uh, it would be very difficult to pick out one part and say, this is the most important, the most memorable, the most valuable to me. Um, because in the first place, I've never done a part that satisfied me wholly or even close to wholly. Um, I would like to go back and do every one of them over again. What does satisfy me and what does give me pleasure is to realize that uh, I've been involved now for so long uh, in, in the trying yeah. the, to do the parts uh, and that I still have the chance to try. And uh, a man can't ask for more than that. Is there one that you would like to do? Is there anything in your mind now that you think, gosh, at some point or other, I wish we could get the money together to put this thing together because it'd be super. I'd love to do that role. Well, I look forward to doing the, the part in Motherload, of course. Uh, it, that's difficult to say because uh, of the great classic roles uh, on the stage, that's another thing. Uh, they all present challenges and problems you may undertake at one time or another. 
in film until a part is offered you, mm. um, it doesn't exist. You know, they seldom do the classic roles. They're not going to remake Grapes of Wrath or something. You know, uh, we have Grapes of Wrath, uh, and uh, someone may uh, be preparing a film that'll be offered to me next summer that'll turn out to be the best part of my life, uh, but I can't know what it is. Good point. You know? Good point. Is your dad a tough guy to work with? No, not at all. He's a pleasure to work with. I think uh, our collaboration made not only my script better, but I think made the film better. It was uh, a case of not really arguing about lines or scenes, but was getting together uh, and deciding what we needed to do to either, in response to environmental changes, perhaps it would be too much snow to use horses in a given scene, we'd have to write the horses out, and therefore all the dialogue that has to do with horses out. Mm -hmm. Or it might be something he was unhappy with. And he'd say to me, well, I don't really see that I should be saying this in this scene because of what we perhaps changed in the previous scene. And then we would collaborate and, and make it a better line because of that. Rumor has it, and this is not a Hollywood rumor, this is a Vancouver rumor, that because your son is here now, Fraser's living here now, and uh, married to a, a very pretty Vancouver girl, a friend of mine from many, many moons ago, uh, that uh, Charlton Heston may be considering purchasing some property up here and maybe spending a little more time here than he usually would. True or false? Well, I'll certainly be spending more time here, but uh, I expect Pre Fraser to put me up whenever I need a p place to put my head. <laughs> Every father loves to hear that because that's what your kids should do when they get older. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Charlton and Fraser Heston. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to borrow your audience.